Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Fans, welcome back to another episode of Who's Number One. Starting a little bit later today, but we're still very excited to be here. As you may have noticed, we're on the 24-7 Grappling Channel. That means there's action on all day long. It's a curated playlist of our best and favorite matches, interviews, flow films, all kinds of good stuff. Anyways, on to the main event of the day, though. We have a very special guest joining us in studio today with Shanji Ribeiro calling in. Of course, I'm also joined by my co-host, Michael Sears, and Ricardo Amendoli is also back on the call. Shanji, how's it going, brother? How you doing today? Oh, man. Uh, first of all, lovely to see you guys. See Balea's face, Mike's face, your face. It's pretty good. Uh, love <laughs> you guys. Being, you know, as everyone in the world, just uh, trying to do the best we can, you know. It's a very unusual situation. Um you know, just uh, I guess everyone is in the same boat. Just uh, stay with family, stay sane, try to train. You know, the the the, the our you know challenge, but it's, it is what it is. You know, jujitsu is made on challenges, and uh, it's just one more. Pressure creates diamonds, and uh, time for everyone to come out of the top of this. Absolutely. Where where are you in the world right now? Are you in San Diego? Are you in Brazil? Where are you? I- yeah, I am in San Diego. I was in Brazil. I went to a little uh, for carnival. I went to, to the mountains just to get out of the way. Uh, and then after that, I went to do this in Panama. Uh, we uh, we launched a beach break uh, a beach break camp, which is Egyptian surfing, a little cool little spot in uh, Playa Venal uh, on Panama. Super cool. And then uh, while I was there, all this Corona things kind of like unfolded. And then I, I was supposed to go to Europe, Amsterdam, Ukraine, and then just had to put a halt on everything. And I'm here in San Diego at the University of Utah, just uh, hanging in there. Ricardo, what's new with you out there in Canada? Surviving. It's cold. We had a glimpse of the sun, but uh, all is well, you know, just staying at home doing i tried to do some gymnastica natural almost blew my back out but i'm gonna maybe get stick to the pilates or yoga or something but uh everything's good here i just wanted to say one thing before we start Shanji, uh-huh. please for the for the love of god clarify the pronunciation of your name i say shanji that's how i was you taught but come on man I, I, i've known you for what 10 years now 15 years yes Come on, yes. Shanji. I know Shanji, but you have to mean it. <laughs> when Michael Sears, <laughs> Michael Sears puts a Z on that, he's like Zanji. Well, that's just that's just my accent. That's just Chicago accent. That's why. Ah, that's it, a it, Chicago. It's accent. okay, you know what I mean. It's like uh, when I get mad, I'm Xander. When I'm cool, I'm Shanji. So uh, <laughs> I tell people like, you know, when you tell people to shush, like, so put some effort in it, Shanji. You know what I mean, Shanji. Okay. It, I've seen Xander. I saw Xander come out when we were looking for, for, for ice cream at 2 in the morning in Finland at the ADCC. <laughs> Xander was on the prowl. Yeah, when I uh, when I first moved to America, it was so funny because people were writing my name like Jeanji, Sanji, Sangi. I had like so many. I can make like one cartoon for it the way they called me. So pretty good. That's- 
What are you doing to uh, stay busy out there? Are you working out? you doing the tiger routine? What are you up to? How are you staying in shape uh, while you're not training? Uh, you know, still doing my therapy for my wrist. That's my number one concern always. Um, we, right before all this happened, uh, me, Victor Hugo, and the guys, like pretty much, we always train together, really. So I'm pretty blessed, you know. We we are quarantined together. Me, Victor Hugo. Uh, we have a couple from uh, from French Guyana. Our affiliation for that, Tyrone and Aurelie. They're also trapped here. So we had a little team of quarantine. Is me, Victor Hugo, Caio, uh, Tyrone, Gustavo, and uh, we pretty much just hang out every day. You know, I stay the whole day at the academy. When I'm bored, I do some kettlebells. I do some stretching. Uh, some Budokko mobility, some Tiger routine. I've been studying the, the Wim Hof method. I've been doing breathing the whole day. So pretty much that's what I do. I, I get my daughter, you know, every other day. I hang out. We go for bike rides. So pretty much, you know, and I'm building some uh, new content, you know, for BG Library. Uh, a couple of different, you know, projects going on for Brazil. Uh, you know, just, I guess, uh, sometimes it's good for us to stop and kind of, like work on different ways in life you know things that maybe i postponed it to do when i was like quiet now i'm quiet so i have to do it shanji what's the uh the number one thing you you could recommend to people stuck inside you know maybe they don't have access to training partners they don't live with anybody uh what could they do to help improve their jujitsu or just their life at this point uh, one thing that I'm really concerned right now with people is their emotional being. You know, I see a lot of people freaking out. They only talk about Corona, Corona. Sometimes I have friends, like, you know, when uh, I go to, to my friend's house, there's one friend, he's like, I was talking about, I literally get out there itching and coughing just because he talks so much. <laughs> I think the number one thing is, is, guys, there's nothing we can do. You know what I mean? Like... It's out there. Uh, eventually, everyone gonna get it. It's just like you know, like it's a badass thing happening. It, it is gonna happen. The reason we flatten the curve is so everyone can get, you know, assisted when when it happened. That's my opinion. Uh, but of course, man, you that's not, it, not what you can do. You can't fight. You can't do anything. So first, be mentally uh, out. You know, be mentally mentally balanced. I think that's the number one thing. You know, like just just enjoy your family. Try not to get into arguments. There's nothing you can do. Uh, you still can go outside, I believe. You still can go outside, go for a walk. That's still something to do. Uh, but definitely, man, there's a lot of content out there. Uh, I think everyone is getting very creative. I put on my uh, Instagram a little easy jujitsu dummy to do. You can play with it. I've been playing with it with my daughter, uh, my kids here at the school. Um, you know, you can just do a lot of mobility. I think yoga would be the next thing right now. I think like just uh, you evolving your mindset and, and just stay active watching, you know, watching jujitsu movies, uh, you know, tune into frog lap grappling and just watch a bunch of fights. Uh, you know, there's so many to do, you know what I mean? Like uh, creativity is there. The difference between humans and animals because you're creative. So it's time for us to really to really put that out there. But my, my number one is the emotional intelligence of people. Be emotionally balanced. Don't let all this hysteria take over you because you are going to get sick if it's stress takes over. You know, I know people going to, you know, run out of money. I know people going to run out of jobs. But the only thing you can do is just uh, stay strong. Stay with your convictions and set up your intentions, your visualizations, your goals. Meditate. 
you know, yoga, breathe, you know, and I think there's so many things to do, you know, just be creative. You said that you're quarantined with Gustavo Diaz and Victor Hugo over there? Yeah, I'm being, I'm being very smashed, so there's no social distance from that matter. Yeah, you were um, some big guys. How much food are you guys going through over there? <laughs> uh, well, I do a lot of fasting, so pretty much I just fast. Uh, I've been fasting a lot. Just uh, Like I said, I just want my brain to work. I'm not really taking my sometimes the stress or the you know the day sometimes a little more sad just because maybe there are too many corona news on the on, on the team on the phones uh i don't take on my uh i don't take on food on that uh i already fast anyway so you know i'm good at that end you know victor hugo is a problem because he eats like a <laughs> he eats like a king uh, yeah, uh, we'll be training uh he's also fasting and doing things like this uh, to help out, I guess. I guess um, what we need to do right now is just uh, make sure we we just do our portion. You know what I mean? Like I think gluttony has to stop a little. Uh, you know, chocolate binging they have to kind of like cease for a little. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, I guess you know if he needs my help, we help each other all the time. Uh, food is food. You know, it's it's gonna be a time that we're gonna have to eat less. You know, eat more. But uh, I'm not a person that I don't eat much anyway, so uh, I'm good with that so far. And I got my coffee. So far, I'm good. Can you explain your fasting that you do? Uh, what kind of fasting do you do? Uh, I got this from uh, never fasted, you know. But I always paid attention when I when I ate uh, like breads and things during the day. That would make me very tired. Uh, like I would maybe get like rice and beans at lunch, and I still know my whole day is ruined, you know. That's when uh, uh, Luke Tyree, from the same uh, coach, uh, you know, uh, physical coach from Rafael Lovato, uh, or Rafael Lovato in my case, uh, you know, he's talking about this, this fasting, the morning fast, and I'm a, I'm already fast a lot, you know, like I, I sometimes I go like a whole day without eating, I have so much energy, and I never understood why. So pretty much, uh, I only eat like really. I just had my meal like half hour ago. Ago, I had my first meal, so it works very well for me because digestion is always good. I always feel that I have, a lot of, uh, and I've been do- be doing this for like maybe three years now. So pretty much, I go my whole morning. I'm not like so focused on like oh, it has to be 16 hours because each body is a body, but uh, pretty much. I wake up and then I'll have like water, you know, maybe a coffee, do my first workout. Uh, I'll, I'll have a protar or, or a banana. I don't really have a real meal until the afternoon, you know, but I'm not like going to go in the morning and have bread. Like bread, if I eat, I'm gone. You know, I, I can't do anything during the day. So I go during the day, uh, very light food, very protein-based, um, you know, some coffee, a lot of water, uh, greens, uh, protein, light protein, and then if I have to eat something heavy, I'd rather eat at night, you know, because then when I eat at night, my body's used to that already, so I can have a big steak, big potatoes, and, and have all the food at night, and I go to bed, and I usually sleep between six and five hours a day, I don't really sleep much, uh, and then when I wake up, I'm hungry, you know what I mean, because my body just got used to develop that and then I'm full of energy ready to work out ready to face Victor Hugo for as many hours as, as I can you know <laughs> so pretty much the, fir- the first meal 
uh, it's it's around you know three o'clock, you know two o'clock around the first meal, and then I go my whole day. Uh, if I'm hungry, I'll get like a little fruit or blueberry or, or some sort of snack, a coffee. Uh, I train again at night, and then I have a big meal at night. You know, so I I, I don't really do much uh, uh, like supplements. Uh, I do like maybe in the morning because I'm not eating a real meal. So that's how it goes. And then uh, for DCC, for example, uh, I went all the way through through the competition doing carbs at night, but I kept this process. For example, uh, tomorrow is a day that is not going to be a hot training session. I stay with the greens and salads, and I won't have, have carbs at night. But then if tomorrow we say, okay, tomorrow is going to be – uh, you know, condition in the morning, hard wrestling, hard training, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, then I'll, I'll carb load so I can survive that day. And that's how I was able to get to ADTC, uh, 88 kilos, and uh, I was pretty good. But uh, the only problem is that uh, uh, on the second day for the semifinals, I forgot and I ate like a maniac during the morning. So I was literally fight- I was fighting uh, Gordo and my- I was literally burping my breakfast while we were fighting. <laughs> So that was a mistake, but it's okay. Hey, we have a pretty uh, – this is not a question that people usually ask. We have a, a fan in the YouTube comments, Neil, has asked. He wants to know if you have any movies that you recommend, Janji. <laughs> you got any movie recommendations for people um, at home? Uh, man, I was watching uh, – I've been watching – like I actually watched this crazy movie, uh, uh, the, the one that's like these people are, are in this building, kind of gross movie, but since I started, I finished. Uh, Tiger King. Tiger I King. St- yeah. I don't know. Para, para something, whatever the name is. Uh, is it the I one where they're going down in that, that chamber? Um, yeah, what's that movie thing, called? Yeah. yeah, I watched it like, like last week. Um, yeah. Platform, yes. Platform, yes, man. that's what it is. Thank you, Caleb, uh, chiming in. I do- <laughs> Well, I, I I did freaking watch that Tiger guy. That was a start. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I started to watch uh, Freud. Freud, the show Freud. I was watching that. Uh, they talk about Sigmund Freud and how he started that thing. Uh, I don't know. Like, I've been watching so many movies that you forget about them. Uh, I watched uh, Six on the Ground. It's a good movie. Uh, the Irishman, I have, to fin- I have to finish. I haven't finished yet. There's a really cool movie, Spencer. Spencer's really good with Mark Wahlberg. That's a really good movie. Mm. Uh, just stay away from pandemic. Stay <laughs> yeah. away from uh, contagious. Stay away. From, it, just, it just gives you too many bad ideas. You know what I mean? There's nothing we can do about it. I like it. I like it. Um, actually, another another good fan question while we're on the topic. Ribeiro Jiu-Jitsu is one of the few systems that has uh, adult green belts. And... They were just wondering, do you expect them to be uh, at the blue belt level to dominate blue belts? Or what is uh, kind of the goal or purpose of the, the Ribeiro green belt for the adult uh, level? The, the green belt is a, is a, is a, is a inside uh, a, a graduation. It's not official. Like when they're a green belt, there's still a white belt. You know, it's uh, we all came from the Amazon and, uh, you know, from Manaus. And the green belt was huge there. You know what I mean? If you were kid and you were a green belt you were a badass and i think also there was this thing about the green belt in rio i don't i never understood this rule if you were like a juvenile green belt you're supposed to be almost a purple i don't know there was something weird of that concept but our concept is like when the green belt is pretty much he's efficient driving 
he can survive. He understands the game. Uh, you know what I mean? He already allowed to train or he's in the competition team, you know, and like when he start to build some personality uh, towards the blue belt and usually like the green belt, uh, it could be very fast until he gets the, 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 the blue belt. And it could still take a while, you know, so pretty much it's a, uh, it's a way for us to 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 make okay. This guy, he can come to our training class and hang in there. You know, what I mean, he's not gonna get hurt. Uh, he's probably on the competition team. You know, if it's a blue belt, you can go on him. So it's more a representation of our respect for the Amazon. You know, the green forest, the great Amazon forest. So it, like I said, it's a it's a inside uh, it's a indoor in house uh, graduation. So. A green belt is still a white belt. Nice. Actually, I, I had no idea. That's, that's a great explanation there. There's another uh, fan question in uh, Facebook. A guy asked, uh, how did you adjust your training routine as you got older? Because obviously you were successful. You've been successful for so long. As you got maybe into your later 30s, how did you adjust your training compared to when you were younger? Uh, when I was younger, um, like, uh, like I always tell people, the, 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 the jiu-jitsu uh, way of training and even doing conditioning, it's new. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I think like with time, I actually had to make my days better, you know, because your recovery time is, is not the same. Excuse me. You know, you're, you're definitely aging and that's a issue. So... I kind of adapt into like less volume, into into more intensity in spaced uh, blocks. You know, uh, for example, maybe if I was 25 years old, I'll train every day so hard. You know what I mean? Because I'm recovering, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, you're young, and you know, it is what it is. But as I got older, uh, I really had to understand how to recover, because I didn't want to go to one day. On a Monday, go there, train with Vitor Hugo, uh, Lovato, and those guys. And next day, expect to train as good as I was on Monday. You know what I mean? That doesn't work. So then I had to figure out a way to train smarter versus training just a lot. When people say, oh, I've trained a lot. But define training a lot. You know what I mean? For me, training a lot is just a, a way for you to just – hiding what you're really doing it's like when people say oh move your hips you know it's just so random to say that in my opinion you know but uh i still as far as technically speaking i i keep the same manners you know a lot of partial drilling uh a lot of like you know studying try to cue the positions before they happen uh to try to avoid you know some sort of situation going too far uh, you know, and in some days we we'll do, okay, now the situation is very far. How are we going to do it? You know, so I think the way I adapt was pretty much picking the days I was ready to perform, you know, because I didn't want to go in a day that I'm not recover, try to train and get hurt. And that's going to be the problem. So there's a lot to do with fighting your ego also and thinking that, oh, I have to train. No, you have to train when you actually in conditions to train. So then I start to use a lot of mobility, you know, like the tiger routine for the gymnastics natural. There's something that's really helping right now is the, the Budokan mobility. It has really, really blow my mind the way Cameron and Melaine do it. And we, we're really bringing something very good uh, for the jiu-jitsu community as far as mobility goes and, and expression. 
because jiu-jitsu is always a way to express your movement. And when you train uh, your mobility at home, you have to express that properly. You, 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 you're just training your body how to move wrong, you know? And also, I think when you go into too much fatigue, now your movement is all wrong. Now you're, you, you, you're creating a habit of moving wrong versus moving precisely. So if my training is compromising the quality and efficient of my movement, it's time to stop. That means I'm creating a habit that maybe if, you know, Gordon or Kainan going to pass my guard, now I'm moving wrong because I taught my body how to move wrong. You know what I mean? So that's, that's how I kind of adapt uh, growing up and getting a little older. Shanji, I have a question for you. Um, it really fascinates me to learn um, you know, guys like you, you've been a black belt since what, like 99 or 2000? No, what, what 2000, I got my black belt okay. in 2001. Okay. So a long time, but I always want to learn like what kind of different, uh, technical training methodologies you guys implemented back in the day and now. So I'll give you an example. How much time do you spend nowadays in compared to back in the day on like new technical development? Like let's say days per week or you know, uh, uh, sessions per week or whatever you call it. Um, like how much of that was done back then compared to now? Do you, st- obviously, because you're still developing your technique. We see that you're putting out new DVDs, you're developing new positions. You did stuff that no one ever did at ADCC at 2017, pulling off beautiful arm locks from close guard, which we'll get to later, Michael Sears. But, you know, you had awesome technique back in the day. So how much of that was spent on technical development in comparing those two uh, different time periods? Well, I think uh, today there's way more information and there's way more crazy stuff out there and there's way more stalling and there's way more way to do on Tai Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, the difference that we didn't have much information back then, you know what I mean? So if I had, until like a new technique came into the place, you know what I mean? It's already long gone you know what i mean so i i train a lot of uh, things that we believe was our strengths which i think is still something that's lacking on on, on everyone we always believe if, if you can't get beat i i'm always going to be able to win uh, what do i mean by that if someone can't smash me someone can't dominate me it's just a matter of my ability to to you know impose my game impose my will impose my presence and, and once I get a good position, I remember telling Mike uh, not too long ago, once I get the half guards over, you know what I mean? And I had that in mind and I worked that a lot. You know, nowadays it's a little different because there's so much stuff out there, you know what I mean? There's so many little ways to do things, so many new great people with individual abilities that are like far from normal human beings that you really have to concern about. You have a lot of lapel using. Uh, new ways to use gripping and new ways to go inverted, you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I think uh, it's almost like I train enough not to create a hysteria on my game, you know what I mean? Sometimes you get so concerned what other people can do to you that you forget to work on things that you really need to develop. So now you're actually basing your action over someone else's actions, you know what I mean? Because I will always believe my students – once I impose my game, there is no more ifs and whats. It's about pressure. It's about imposing. It's about, it's about 
violently hugging them and, and get to point from point A to point B. It, it's simple like that. You know what I mean? In my opinion. You know, so, uh, yeah, we spent some time. Now we have, like, Victor Hugo, Pikapau, in our black vet. Like, I don't have to think about it. You know what I mean? I tell them, bring me the problem, and I'll find a solution. My job now is to develop simple things. What do I mean by simple things? That anyone can do it. You know what I mean? And they are efficient, meaning they're following the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu. Everything that's involved something else, sport oriented uh like i said it's like a coronavirus i don't want to think about this right now i have people that think about it and then we do maybe two three times a week you know what i mean we spend some time because i think is this all right let's talk about uh whatever lapel guard which is the you know the big the big thing right now i don't want to stop a lapel guard when the guy has my leg wrapped 55 ways that's already too far ahead so our, my understanding is, okay, where is the first and second, third grip happens and where I can break that? Because if, I, if my student allow the fourth, seventh setup, it's his mistake. You know, there's not yeah. – now you have just power, power your way out. That's my opinion. You know what I mean? There's no more you can move unless I punch a guy in the face. That's the only thing, you know, I can do. <laughs> Besides blocking, so I spent a lot of a lot of time working on the root of the problem, not the outcome of the problem. You know what I mean? And that has always been our philosophy, and that's why uh, you know me, Rafael, Salvo, never been. We get swept, you know. Anyway, it's okay. Everyone is clean. Uh, you know what I mean? But. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much we do. You know, they bring the problem, uh, we study, and uh, we understand how how far we want to go, losing our minds over that problem, and then we go back to where we want to go and impose our we impose our game and smash people. One of the favorite things we've been doing lately on the Who's Number One podcast is breaking down the technique of some of our our favorite matches, and we've got a lot of great stuff from you, Shanji. We're going to kick it off with a, a match from ADCC okay. 2017. This is uh, John Salter. Uh, go ahead and walk us through this match and what you're thinking, Shanji. Uh, well, first of all, I didn't really train hard until that tournament. Truth. Uh, this is all from doing jiu-jitsu and everything. So I had a conversation with Saulo. He said, man, just pull guard. Uh, you know, take your time working it. Pretty much, man. Um, what I believe is 90% of people don't know how to open a guard safely. You know, they just open up and uh, and it stay very, uh, very powerful. So pretty much what I'm doing, I'm I'm disturbing him, you know. I'm making him push into me. You see that his knees are on the ground. He has no clue how to change an angle. So look, it's very basic what he's doing. I'm just him, you know. And uh, I did something very simple. I did a, a climbing arm arm block, you know what I mean? So we have a few ways to use leverage here on the anchors, which is, you know, the hip, uh, normal. And we can always climb into the shoulders. There are the two levers uh, of we have there. So right now I'm just making him, you know, tired, pushing me, pushing me. You know, I'm just pretty much using my core, uh, using my legs, you know, to break his posture. You see, he's not comfortable. Uh, he's not really changed the angles much believes on the strength of his arm. Look, more arm power. Oh, okay. We went all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Caleb, can you go back and, and uh, loop that uh, arm lock? 
a couple times. A little bit further back. Yeah, from here. Just loop this a little. Yeah, you know, so uh, first thing, keep them preoccupied. Uh, know how to break a posture, which I think a lot of black belts and people don't even tap into break someone's posture using angles, you know what I mean? Like we talk called the elegant, which is pretty much just yelling that energy away, you know, be able to play side to side. They push into you, you turn. So you make them. Yes. Okay. I missed that one. Go back. <laughs> Sorry, I, play I was, again. Like, looking, at, I was looking at you guys. All right. So then I, I it was pretty simple. I, I kind of position his hand where I wanted, you know what I mean? See, like he's holding, he's pushing. And I pretty much did a simple hip pump sweep back into a high, high trap, you know, uh, boom, oh, high trap, boom, right there. You know, you learn this in your third jiu-jitsu class. Yeah. Do you think, uh, because well, going into this ADCC, so many people are uh, preoccupied with like heel hooks and wrestling. Do you think uh, people sort of overlooked the, the old school game, like what you used in, for this and the next arm lock? Uh, well, first let's set up something here. This is not old, okay? If it works, it's not old. Guys, please. <laughs> <laughs> Classic jiu-jitsu. Because here, at any minute, I'm not looking. What's the classic jiu-jitsu? It's a simple, efficient way to do something. In the case of jiu-jitsu, it's being competitive. At any moment here, I'm looking to sweep him or do anything. I want to finish the fight most efficiently, simple way possible. All right? This is an armor lock. This is not old. If you, if you, a hundred years from now, it's still going to be an armor lock. It's still going to be efficient. You know what I mean? And the reason I call classic is just to make a beautiful name so people, oh, I do classic jujitsu. I'm classical. So, um, you know, like I said, very simple. Uh, as far as like the mindset, again, Hugh Hook's not my game. So I spent a lot of time, of course, I knew I would eventually face Gordon or, or, or Craig. As far as heel hooks, I was more concerned with Craig and Gordon as far as heel hooks. Uh, everybody talks about how Gordon is amazing at heel hooks. I think he has way broader game than that. I think uh, Craig is a little more limited in that game, and he's really good at it, as you can see. Uh, I just did my game, you know. I imposed my game. I was to to go away from that heel hook game. Um, you know what I mean? Like I play jujitsu with jujitsu. I didn't I didn't really try to like play something that I don't know. Uh John Salter was a wrestler, so I knew eventually if I exchange with him, I would catch him. That's pretty much what I feel. I feel that jujitsu guys they are afraid to exchange. You know what I mean? And I believe John Salter is a black belt. I love him. He's a great fighter, great representative of jiu-jitsu or MMA. But I don't think he can handle it with my changes. So, you know, if I muscle it to him, I'm playing his game. So what can I do? I make him think. I make him tired. I make him push me until he brain, his brain can't, can't process that thought. And then uh, he kept the hand on my chest. I climbed, uh, I climbed to the shoulder, I climbed to the head, and I was able to finish the fight. You know? It was the, the, the goal over there. The next match we have lined up is worth uh, uh, with one of the most successful submission grappling kind of wrestlers, crossover grapplers you could call, with Rustam. Uh-huh. What's it like battling Dude, Rustam? I fought Rustam, I think, three times now, and I think I've, I've finished him three times or two times. 
it's it's the same, you know. Uh, he's a very good on on keeping himself away. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, in the beginning, which played out very bad with Bushesha, like because uh, the problem about DCC is this: oh, first five minutes doesn't count, right? And then you don't give a fuck in five minutes, right? He threw me like a doll because you know I don't want to. You know I'm 36 years old at the time. I say okay, I don't want to muscle him. I want to, you know, let him get tired. And I'm just so he ended up. You know he, he even showed me uh, after that what he did to me. Uh, very uh, gentleman that he is. And uh, yeah, he threw me all, and I'm like, you know, what I mean, let, let, let me let me go back into the game, you know, and. Uh, Probably by that time, he, he had to, you know, spend some energy throwing me around, which is not easy, but I, I didn't care, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then I pulled guard because I knew that the time was coming and I wanted to play the game. And I, and I felt that eventually I was going to be able to to tire him out. Uh, and maybe if you go to overtime, I'll have a chance. Hey, Caleb, so, go ahead and uh, run that clip for us. Yeah, so what happened uh, – Again, I did a very efficient classic jiu-jitsu move first. So I kept moving him. I know he's, he tries a lot of kind of foot locks and everything. So, like I said, I was just moving. I was just making him guess, you know what I mean? Like, because I wanted him to play my game, you know. You see, like, he's very good on keeping the distance. Um, you know, he kind of there, but not there. So I'm tricking him into coming and kind of missing my, my omoplata there. So pretty much what happened was this. If you look, at, I had a first arm lock. I did a, a wrap around uh, the self-defense move on him. You know what I mean? I did that on him, and then he kind of like didn't know how to do anything with it, and I, and I turned that into an arm lock. You know, and that was the first attack. So when I got the side close guard on him, instead of putting his hand outside, framing my body, so it's super simple. I just push his arm outside. Uh, across and I went there and my whole fear there was create because I was like what a minute and a half to the end my fear see right there I was like man should I go should I not go uh you know I was afraid he'll maybe move away and I had to use more power so I just tried to be efficient in my energy uh at that point and that's when I felt whoa I got something going on here and you know he doesn't really have much jujitsu so right there he gave me everything I wanted if you look at Rafael Rafael is yelling so I hooked it and I heard Rafael boom, and that was it. So see, he's tried to pick me up. You know what I mean? Like he should have tried to, to you know, just get his position back. You know, that's where, uh, like I said, he can be really good and avoid jujitsu and doing some stuff. Actually, I knew he he was very flexible, so I went for the break there. I had my mistake with the Linster, so I I didn't want that to have. So and that's what happened, you know. Like I said, that's another proof, you know. Uh, I got him into a situation that uh, his jiu-jitsu was limited. Uh, he didn't know how to, you know, get his body back, move his shoulder, and he thought that, all right, I'm just a strong bear. I'm just gonna pick Shanji up and, and <laughs> see what happens. And 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 that's when the efficient of the jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, was useful over there. Ricardo, you got any questions for Zanji about that situation? No, you know, I, I just thought I, I was just thinking, Zanji, how weird was it to to grapple against Rustam while he was wearing that sweater? <laughs> <laughs> I knew, it, I knew it. You know, uh, man, like I said, Rustam, uh, I'm a fan of him. Uh, I have invited him many times to train, uh, but I guess you know, you're blessed, you're cursed, right? Uh, yeah. I think if 
uh, maybe fight other people that could be very hard on other people. You know, nobody wanted to fight him. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, say, I don't care. I'll get the wrestlers. You know, I, I was jujitsu my way to the wrestlers. And I think it's cool that, um, you know, you submitted him from the car, close guard, and Lovato triangle choked him back in 2013. Not a lot of people yeah. submit Lestalm, you know, and you guys have had some yeah. really high success doing that. And yeah. that's really cool to see. You know, it's, it's, it's it just he, shows he, how much, how high of, level you guys. He's part of our highlight, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have another clip here queued up. Uh, this is Lovato. This is, yeah, Rafael Lovato. This, 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 go ahead. So, this is uh, Lovato yeah. from Fight to Win. It's a, a, what you would say is a classic movie. It finishes with the cross joke from the mountain here. So, if you want to watch this and discuss a little bit about Lovato, where is it? Yeah, you know, right there, uh, if you've if you got to say a little Hosier Gracie blanket style. Uh, just stay present, you know. That's that's what pressure is about. You see his head, you know, he's very tall. So he's using his weight, gravity. Uh, now see the head, he's committed to it. Almost got a little arm there. Boom. See, look, in, in any moment he's moving away. You know, he, he, you know, even if he's going around, but his presence, if you look at the video, it's always like a triangle. You know what I mean? If you look at the picture, it's always a triangle. Look, triangle again. See, boom, boom, because it means he's inside. He wants to be in, you know, and, and he wants the guy to push you. You know, that's what we, we want, you know what I mean? Like fatigue the guy through pushing, and then we use gravity, we use weight. There is, of course, a lot of technique involved, you know, and uh, that's it. any moment he's moving away. That's the style, you know. See, look, his head is above the head. He's already ducking in, now gets a little... That's called old school pass. Boom, more pressure. Little Miragaya action there. More pressure. More pressure. Yeah, and that's what it is. You know, he's inside the guy's private space. You know what I mean? He's trying to push coronavirus away. <laughs> now it's just, it's just it's just pretty much understanding of the game. You know what I mean? Okay, see half guard. Boom. Look, look how Lovato walks to the center. You know what I mean? Like, he's looking for the mount already. So, in our style, we don't pass guard from there. It's all in. There's no out. There's no around. There's no centripetal force. You know, it's all pressure in. You know what I mean? He's a little more conservative there, you know. There's, like, what, four minutes on the day. Boom, he breaks it. You see, boom, it's straight to the mount. Bam, right away. That's our style right there. See, there's no there's no passing. This is straight to the mount. Moon position in the game uh he set up a little solo choke right there boom see he's already going for it it's all about it boom stay mounted see look the guy moves his hip wrong don't know how to use the diamond concept the ends around the collar yeah, it looks like he used his, uh, it looks like looks like he used his elbow to kind of turn his face away to get that second grip on the collar on the to get the choke huh? right now he's just keeping him flat the whole idea is because if he can't move his – so what happens is the guy can't move in because he gets mounted. He can't move out because he gets choked. So there's no other way but to just give up. You... If I call our system, we broke the guy. We broke his will. And now it's just technical, you know, boom, just put a hand, little, you know. 
Now it's all Ribeiro style right there, you know. We've been this since day one. Hickson, Saulo, me, Roger. That's all we do, you know what I mean? Like, that's our game. That's it's our we impose. That's pretty much what we do, you know. And and a lot of people asking me like, oh, how can I cross choke from the mount? I'm like, man, first of all, I listen to people who hate to be on the mount. You know what I mean? I'm like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, it's the most dominant position. You know, everybody they get punched in the face or or something and they turn around. You know, they, they don't want to face their destiny of death, you know, so they turn away. And, uh, you know, it's just been years and years and years of, of developing this. You get to that choke, you get so many things out of this. You know, like me and Rafael were talking yesterday. You know, when you look for the mount, you get pressure. You get a lot of little variation. You know, you understand body mechanics. You understand how to use gravity. You understand how to use weight. Now you get the mount. Now you have to understand how to keep the mount, develop your attacks from there, you know, and the most pleasurable finish in jiu-jitsu, which is the choke from the mount. For me, that's the most pleasurable one. You said something in there that you said to me uh, back at our interview in San Diego as well about the, the Hadra Gracie, uh, what, do you, what do you call his passing style? Wet blanket? Is that what you call it? Wet blanket, yeah. Can you describe yeah, cool. a little yeah, a little bit about that, about the, the wet blanket passing style that you said Hydra did well, and that Lovato uh, was doing there? Well, uh, it's it's the, it, we, they call him the cobertor. If you look at back in the day, they go, oh, hola, veo un cobertor. Means it, right? So, like this. If you put a blanket on the top of it, you push the blanket, the blanket is always on you, right? Like, you know, like, like when the, the air comes out, it kind of sucks into you. And the reason... Uh, it depends, for example, Saulo, because he's shorter, he's more of a driver. You know what I mean? He drives into you. You know what I mean? Uh, so he can't really be kid because he's shorter people. So he has to be more of a, of a, of a screwdriver. You know what I mean? Like, boom, he pushes in. Uh, Varger, which is Victor Hugo now, they're taller. So if you look at uh, what they're doing, they're trying to match hip with shoulder. You know what I mean? So now that shoulder, you know, like Roger or Victor Hugo, you know what I mean? And and they keep that very kind of loose. You know, so if you push it here, I'm here. You push there, I'm here. You push it here, I'm here. So you keep that the wet blanket, you know? So you, 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 you're going to be always pushing, but still getting pressured. You know what I mean? Versus nowadays, everyone passes like this, you know, like around. Nobody goes over. You know what I mean? So I do wet blanket when I'm with a shorter person, you know, and, and my body type uh, matches most people's body. So, so I want to be on the top of the person and I want them to push me. So pretty much what I'm looking for, I want, I'm want i looking for someone to push me. You know what I mean? They, I'm always looking for that. If they're not pushing me, I'm not in the right position. Which means now when they push me, I can open their elbows. I start to, to play water on the top. Until I get a certain position, and then I can become rock and super hold and, and put this mesh on them. So that's what we call the wet blanket, you know? It means you're covering the guy versus staying, you know, like, you know, behind the, the wall. You know, you go over it and try to cover them and to lose and as, as heavy as you can. Not to get off track here, uh, Shanji, but 
Uh, I saw okay. on Instagram and stuff that you were a, a part of uh, Lovato's last MMA camp, and I, I just wondered what that that training was like. You know, to to roll with uh, more of an MMA emphasis with someone like Lovato, who is of course a Bellator champion. Um, what was that experience like for you? Well, it's it's been for a while. I mean, I've been training MMA for a long time. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's not something that's new for me. Uh, but of course, being part of the Evolution Thai camp was was definitely a, an amazing experience. And, and 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 having a brother, someone to love so much, you know, being in that environment, it's 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 crazy. You know, I mean, a couple of his training camps. Uh, some of them I wasn't able to be part of the whole camp. I got the end as a, as a support, but this one, I made an effort to be there. Uh, I even pushed my uh, my surgery because of that fight. It's uh, it, it doesn't change much because of style. You know what I mean? Our style of jiu-jitsu is 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 glued to the person. It's pushing the pressure. It's getting dominant positions, and from there. Uh, you know, work things around. So it doesn't change much. What it changed some times is 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 when what positions can we do damage? You know what I mean? What positions are safer to get damage? And that's the only difference. You know, uh, even now, uh, some of our jujitsu stuff has changed because of a couple concepts we brought from I mean, the way we control the head, the way we position your body. You know what I mean? And, and that's how it goes, you know. The, tra- the training is just weird to punch him in the face and to, pu- to punch me. Uh, I don't think we, we ever really gone 100% as far as punching goes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And especially because usually I was in a phase of his training that he was, you know, already losing and, and it's very hurting him. And also I know him a lot. So for me it was more like, Getting him in position, sharpen up his finishing skills. You know what I mean. Enough, enough distance for him to work his stuff. Some days I would do a little more harder on him for for waking him up and push his conditioning. You know what I mean and things like that. But also um, in MMA, there's a lot of wrong movement. People explode so much. You usually move physical for for grappling. So sorry for 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 no for for mma there's a lot of explosiveness and people just do stuff sometimes you open for a punch and they just move crazy so i think we 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 in a sense we have to adapt more to that type of reaction than than just you know normal technical jiu-jitsu it's amazing man you know it's so fun to to, to train pohada uh you know real pohada it's fun to punch each other it's for me it's got way more dopamine uh, on my body than, than, than jiu-jitsu sometimes, you know, like just getting punched in the face, seeing linking Mauricio, our MMA coach, he's, he's a magician. He's, uh, for me, if you're training him, there's nothing someone can do. Like what people are doing today, he used to do back in the day already. So, yeah, we have a good good amount of people, uh, Coach Saulo, you know, Green Strength, our whole camp, man, we're just a big family crazy family we love each other and uh, and and we did that with him with a lot of love and and a lot of commitment to taking him into those steps when we had uh we had Hamilo on here last week and he was talking about a year that he fought you at the worlds and he defeated you but then he fought Hodger next and he, he was saying that he thought if you would have beat him you would have won the absolute because he thought you're you match up the best against Hodger out of anybody 
What do you think it was mm-hmm. that you did differently than other people against Hodger, and what was it like fighting him and that whole rivalry throughout your career? Um, man, uh, I, I didn't push out for him, man. I just went there and, uh, and fought the guy. You know what I mean? Of course, I had my strategy. Um, I had my strategy to not be on the bottom. You know, I'm I'm like ten kilos less than him. You know what I mean? Um, maybe if I would be his weight, I would play guard on him. Maybe that would be more of my strategy if I would be as big as him. Uh, I just think I had a man to beat him. I'm, I'm, I have good stand-up. Uh, I have good strategy. Uh, it's really hard to do anything on me. You know, uh, if you look at everyone he fought, by the time he, he did the wet blanket, he was able to smash people. Uh, nobody was able to keep up standing with him. Uh, nobody was able to escape his stuff. You know what I mean? And I think that's a bit difference. You know, I, my jiu-jitsu has always been efficient. Uh, I don't take much fights. Uh, the worst thing that happened to me is a sweep in my whole career, really. You know what I mean? Uh, with the gi. Uh, I got way more shit done to me when I was no gi. But uh, with the gi, you know what I mean? Like, usually it's a detail. It's a, like a weird sweep. Uh, I, you know what I mean? Like, when I tell people nobody passes my guard, it's a way of me saying that nobody dominates me. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't happen. Nobody goes for it. So, um, I just fought the guy, you know what I mean? I try not to to get caught in positions, number one. I try to play my end, and then and I was able to be successful for three times. You know, I was able to win my both absolutes over him. Uh, the last year, I had a technical mistake. That probably I would, I, would, I would have to let my arm be broken. But it is what it is, you know. I play a little bit of the rules. I went my own concepts, but, you know, I got the, I got the win, you know, and... Uh, I can't wait until I can uh, go to London and he comes to San Diego. We can just close the doors and go for real, you know, and tap each <laughs> other, get smashed, you know, and and uh, that's the only thing left, you know. Uh, it's, it's the real jiu-jitsu. It's the one that you just lock the door, shake it, forget, forget, the, 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 forget the clock, and you go, you know. So that's when the real efficient jiu-jitsu comes in, where sweeping doesn't matter, your lapel won't save you, What's gonna save you is if you can escape a position, if you can finish the job, you know. And that's uh, that's where I think me and Hodger had the edge in the most of people. We're gonna bring it back here to the, the match breakdowns. This is another student of yours, a rising black belt star, uh, had won his first major IBJJF black belt title back in December. I'm talking about Victor Hugo, and we're gonna play this cyborg mm-hmm. match. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you see here in this match, Shanji. I, I can't see the match. Uh, well, Caleb, uh, could you restart it too, Caleb? Yeah, I, I, can, I can go into the mindset, you know what I mean? Uh, I told Victor Hugo, like, uh, if uh, if he had a good fight with Cyborg in the first one, he could beat Cyborg in the next. Uh, I told him uh, he did not play the strategy we, we had for the first fight. Uh, and Cyborg even, even pulled guard. You know what I mean? That was very uh, unusual, I thought. You know what I mean? But uh, I told Victor Hugo, I said, man, you just have to exchange. Just exchange. Play your game. He's not going to be able to, to, to extend that. Exchange it to him. His game is to hold on. This is his style. You know what I mean? He has a lot of jiu-jitsu. For me, Cyborg is one of the best. He's my age. He's still hanging there. You know what I mean? I'm super fan of his durability in the sport. He's still winning big competition and 
and being there and fight the victory is, is, is a reason too. I think there he did not he did I think he took that for granted. Look, he's looking outside, he's not worried, he's not changing the angle. And Vitor is also hesitating a little too, you know what I mean? And I was like, man, go for it. Like I was like, oh, no, 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 watch your flow grappling. And then he went and then Cyborg looked surprised. So why did you think that if he lost the first one that he was going to win the second one? What was your uh, thinking there? No, because, you know, of course, uh, we always want them to win. And uh, we knew it was going to be two fights. And uh, what I told him was this. Look, whatever happens in the first fight, we carry on to the second fight. Right? So, and I wanted him to understand that such chance for him to lose. Right? And I don't want him to lose and say, shit, I'm going to go to the second fight. And, 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 and be weak, you know, mentally. So I was preparing a lot of case scenarios. He should not have lost the first fight, first of all, because he did not follow the plan we had, okay? But it was still a good fight, and I think that that advantage they gave to Cyborg was more Cyborg defending their rollout than actually passing his guard. It is what it is. That was a super even match, and I told him, you know what I mean, fight, what happened? Let your game go. If you're on the top, put pressure on him because he's gonna get tired. He's gonna fail. You know what I mean? He's not used to push big guys. And I told him, but that's okay. If you and I know if you're able to to get the rhythm of his fight, you're able to beat him the next. You know, I'm just creating different scenarios for him to prepare him psychologically for the next match. You know, and of course, what happened? Super tough fight. He had all the chances to put pressure on Cyborg. He did not follow the plan, but he almost won. That was like a hair, you know? And I say, remember I told you, you know, you got this number, you know what to do, you just have to play your game. Just, just go and, and let it flow. Let the flow happen. And once you feel the position, you're gonna put pressure, you're gonna finish. You know, it's our style. We, we're not afraid to exchange with anybody. You know, from Sarg, uh, Pena, Gordons, Malagali, we don't care. We're going to exchange Jiu-Jitsu until we start to see who is a better man. And, and that's the same, you know. And, and uh, uh, he went to pull guard and say, fuck, I'm just going to pull guard. Uh, he pulled guard turn 20 in the last. Uh, I think Cyborg a little too comfortable out there. That's my you – know, his mistake was getting very comfortable. Uh, and, of course uh, – uh, Vika, you know, positive side. He played the game. He changed like in, in 30 seconds of fight. He he did way more than the, the fight before. Uh, got a good position. Big dude, big legs, strong. Maybe Cyborg wasn't used to 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 fight guys as big as Victor Hugo, and uh, and uh, he got big big Bebezão Montanha the champion. Talk, talking a little bit about Victor here, you mentioned uh, uh, Nicholas Marigali. Um, you know, I got to commentate that match back at Who's Number One, the, the show, the event that's, you know, based off of the show and the rankings and all that. That was an awesome match. And, and Victor was in that thing really confident. Um, you know, what, what kind of preparation did you guys do specifically for Marigali's game to get that match? Because he had it on. Like, he was, he was ahead. He just poured it on. He just it was it was awesome to see. So I just wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, what was the what was the game plan there and, and how well do you rate his performance? Obviously he won, but 
What could, what could you tell us? Uh, can we agree that Keenan Cornelius and Miller Gali were eight geese? <laughs> can we all agree on that? <laughs> no, it's serious. It, it, it's something that, man, look at, I'm just saying them because they're obvious, right? I wear a four sometimes, and I'm, and I'm six foot, not even six foot really. You know what I mean? And look at every single jujitsu gi pants. Once someone squats a little, the pants goes into the into the calves. You're not supposed to be like that. Your calves are not supposed to be open. How are you supposed to pass Kino's guard if you can't use leverage near his ankle? The only reason you can do that is if you hold his heel. Anyway, that's just a thought. <laughs> every single person, every single person, they squat. A, look at Lucas. Lucas. Uh, Lucas. Uh, Barbosa. He's he's huge. He squats and his guard, and the cuff of his gi is between the calf and the and the, and the ankle bone. Perfect, awesome. You ask a eight three. His gi is eight three. And Lucas, how do you have guys that have six two eight pants? For me, that's worse than steroids. You know what I mean? Because I need a fish. I think efficient jujitsu beats the steroids. Anyway, let's go back to the fight. Um, <laughs> you know, Metagali is a badass. Uh, I think, uh, you know, regardless, you know, he probably upset at me saying those things. But anyway, I've told him already. Um, for me, Metagali has one of the most combative jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? He's a badass. He plays a lot of similarities that I play. The only thing I can't play is deep that Lela Hiva that he does. So if I see we map his game. Uh, he's a lefty. He plays left hand the collar uh, and things like that. You know what I mean? But um, pretty much, uh, I told Vitor like uh, we met all the game, don't get caught in the game. I wasn't really happy with the whole fifty-fifty situation, but finally we get to win a fifty-fifty battle. You know, we always lose fifty-fifty battles. Uh, I just told him, I said, man, you have jujitsu. He has jujitsu. Uh, you know what I mean? You train with the most dangerous guys in the world, and uh, you just got to believe you're ready for him. You know, it's a breakthrough match. Uh, I told him, you got to believe you're the number one uh, at that moment. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that just wanted, wanted him to feel that he was able to do it, you know, because uh, he started the Black Bear really good. He had a few losses that uh, I thought he mentally wasn't believing in himself. Uh, there was a lot of hype over Medigali, which I understand. He's a badass champion in Brazil and all that stuff. You know what I mean? For me, like I said, I'm a fan of his jiu-jitsu and I'm a fan of his persona. Not the only like his A2 gi. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, that was, a, that was a crazy fight. I think uh, he frustrated Medigali uh, a lot. And uh, there was a moment in the fight that when he actually put on the pressure, he was able to put a smash on Marigali. You know what I mean? So, and that's what I showed him. I said, look, that's the moment that's going to happen in the fight, and you have to seize the moment. You know, you have to go and take that moment, because when he got on the top of Marigali, make the blanket, he held on Marigali, you know, and Marigali was able to, to go back into the half guard, and then, you know, and then was able to, you know, was able to control him until the end, you know? Uh, sometimes fights like this happen, you know, maybe uh, in our eyes, 
uh, I'm a very critical person that way. Um, you know, I he got the win, and I think he has learned so much from the win. You know what I mean? He's uh, he believed in himself. He beat the extremely dangerous guy. I think that guy can tap anyone and give a moment. You know, uh, it's a guy that uh, you know he, he, people are scared to fight because they know he comes to finish you. You know, for me, Jiu-Jitsu nowadays is the only one that that I think brings that vibe. Like, I can finish you anytime, buddy. You know, everyone, I can finish you if I get here. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a little different on, on, on mindset over there. But, uh, yeah, man, we, we, we got his mind ready. I think with Vitor, it's just get his mind right, uh, prepare his technique and his essence and his presence when, when the time to to cut the throat comes, you know, and, uh, he's, he's growing and, uh, and I'm paying for it in this quarantine. You know what I mean? I'm always quarantining myself in my own room to don't, to don't come and train for him. But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, he's such a sweetheart, man. He's such a good kid. Uh, you know what I mean? He, he's, he's even able to be more sweet than me. Sometimes I talk a lot, but, uh, uh, yeah, he's just a sweet guy. He just need to leave that personality on the edge of the mat and bring something a little more, more, more into the killer instinct, which he has, you know, and, and, and squeeze people like there's no tomorrow, you know, the big dude. And, uh, and it's going to suck for me. It's already sucking for me, but I'm happy about it. You, you talked a lot about, uh, Victor and Nicholas there, how much you respect them. Is there any other, uh, next generation athletes that you've, you've noticed and you're like, Oh, I like this person's game or you, you like watching them or anything like that? Uh, dude, there's so many, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like I said, I'm a very critical, but of course I can't, I can't require everyone to, to play like this, this combative jiu-jitsu, this classic jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? Of course, uh, Kainan's a beast, uh, Gordon's a beast, uh, of course, Pena, he's been there, he's a beast out, so, you know, uh, I don't know, so many guys, you know, like Dennis Kidd, he's really amazing, um, you know, Andrews, he's a, he's a, he's a super aggressive, Philippe Andrews, aggressive fighters, fighter, which he pays sometimes for being too aggressive and not worry about stuff, um, you know, like, oh, there's so many kids, all the, the Atos boys, they're, they're, they're super, super good kids, um, you know, we have a couple brown belts coming in the game too, uh, the alliance see the boys too. Like I said, man, jujitsu now there's so many. It's even like unfair to 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 really name people when there's so many. Even purple belts, man. There's a couple purple belts now. If they if they come that way to black belts and 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 they know their value and they can and they visualize and when they go to the mat and maybe face a big name guy, they don't they don't crumble over that. It's gonna be interesting. I'm really I'm really looking forward to this this next generation. Uh, you know what's going to happen next two or three years. Okay, Salo, we're gonna uh, we're gonna play a little uh, highlight that I did of of uh, Salo. Sorry, sorry, Shanji, we're gonna okay. play a little highlight we did of Salo. And uh, you know, I wanted to just you know have your, give us your thoughts on Salo as a competitor. You know, not as your brother, not as you know your your training partner, but as you watch this, you know, we're gonna get to see a lot of uh, you know classic Salo, some of his best moments. Just talk us through a little bit of this action here and, and you know, your thoughts as, your, as Solo as one of the greatest competitors of all time as well. Focus, intense. He's convicted that he's going to win. He knows that he, he knows the weight. He knows he's not going to have a mistake. 
you know, that was a match he, he the, I think Joleta was the one that made him evolve the most, uh, just for the style, little hook sweep. Adam Rosiski, little, yeah, he goes for it. I think Saulo, um, he just has his presence about him, you know what I mean? Like, he walks on a room and there's no way you don't notice him, you know? And, and that, in, in, in combat, it's something that plays a lot, you know what I mean? Because he's just ready to take, you know, the chance, you know? And uh, he's a complete fighter. Um, people haven't seen much his guard game, but, man, his guard is it's crazy, you know what I mean? He was one of the first, actually, deep half guys, uh, ADCC. He pretty much deep half guard everyone. I, I don't even remember people doing half guard before Tsao. You know what I mean? Uh, that's right there. It's just like, you know, and then he's a combative guy, man. He doesn't take no for answer. You know what I mean? He's very convicted to what he wants. Uh, very intelligent. Uh, zero mistakes. You know, to find a gap on Sal's game is impossible. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I've been, we've been training over 20 years together, and I'm still figuring out where where this guy has a mistake. You know what I mean? One of the things, um, one of the things that I that I pointed out in the video was that, you know, in '99 he fought really well. Um, you know, but I think he was more so trying, you know, the classic jujitsu. You know, trying to get the arm bars from guard, but he couldn't finish Munson in the finals of the absolute. But then in 2000, he went back with like a new kind of a little more aggressive jiu-jitsu style, trying to get the sweeps, going for the back. Um, you know, how has Saulo's game evolved in your eyes over the years? Because that's what I see on the outside. I'm sure you guys together have kind of worked on developments as far as his competition scene. Um, just want to hear your thoughts um, on how he's evolved his game. Well, I think what happened uh... – it's a funny story. One time I fought this guy and I beat this guy 26 to nothing. And he, and I, and I was so happy. I beat the guy 26 to nothing. And, uh, and he, he, he goes to me like, well, you just show me that you can lose every single position in the game. And I'm like, what he means with that? You know what I mean? Like I thought I did very well. And then he just said, well, you, you, you did great, but you just show you can't finish anything. And that's when I start to uh, develop more of a solid game. So I think with, within time, he just had to show more of his jiu-jitsu. That's, that's what I think, you know what I mean? Like, people caught up with it, you know what I mean? People were, like, start to get better at judo. Uh, you know, you can see Sal taking the back more, do more, like, fancy stuff, you know? It's just an opportunity, you know what I mean? Because, you know, back in the day, he just took people down, smashed, and finished. You didn't see much from him because that didn't even go that far, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to do as much, you know, and as time went with the ADCC, uh, we started to figure that a uh, couple wrestlers are getting a little smarter about sweeps. And then we always knew that, you know, which is still today, back takes is the, is the number one asset in, into the, the, I think wrestling and back takes are the number one thing, uh, weapon for jujitsu guys uh, in ADCCs or any grappling game, really, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he just got to show more of his jiu-jitsu, you know. Uh, I watched him training, and I was like, wow, like, he doesn't even show half of this when he train, when he fights because he doesn't let to go that far, you know. And you look at him, like, even that, like, you look at the match he's showing right now, he's moving more in 30 seconds than I, I see him moving in, in a month worth of training, 
you know, and, and, and I think as as competition raised, he raised his his skills are there, but he never had a chance to show it. You know, it has always been there. Uh, like I said, I think Salo has always been above the the edge in, in the way he thinks about Jiu-Jitsu. His technique is so precise, and then of course, with time, it gets less precise. And you got to see him cartwheeling, doing more wrestling, taking the back, you know, doing more fancy, you know, little moderninho jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? And I think that's what have changed. I think the competition raised up, and then he raised up his bar uh, as the competition grew. How much older is Solo than you? Uh, six and a half. What was it like so, coming up uh, with your older brother as a legendary competitor already? Uh, funny story. He moved. Uh, I started training and he moved to Rio. I was 11 and he was 17, almost 17 at the time. And, uh, you know, he wasn't that age, you know, young. He wanted to do all the things, you know, like, you know, party or, or train and not really care about a 12 year old chubby brother. Um, but yeah, man, he would take vac- He was always being my brother, you know, I never really had an idea or how big of a superhero he was, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, when he won his first world championships, uh, when he closed out with the Gracie Maita guys in '96, when he beat Feitosa and all that, I didn't even know there was a world championships. That's how like I was out of jiu-jitsu because I got I got bad grades in school, and my mom didn't let me train. So, like I said, for me, he was my brother, you know, like. Uh, when he would go to my house, he would be with his friends, with the, our family, you know, he didn't train much, you know, because he was just my brother, you know. We didn't really have that, oh, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu. We want to just spend time with ourselves. Uh, and then one time he, he invited me to go to Rio, and I see he has school, and I can see his energy. And I'm like, wow. Like, and then, of course, I found out he was a champion, and I was so happy about it, and I convinced my mom, hey, or my brother is a world champion. Let me go back to jiu-jitsu. So I got good grades. I came back to jiu-jitsu. And that's when in 1997, uh, six months after I got back training, that was the world where he beat Nino. You know, and that's where I'm like, holy crap, you know what I mean? Like, this guy's a superhero. You know what I mean? My brother is a superhero. You know what I mean? Like, he he's a magic magician, you know what I mean? And that's when I got back training more. Uh, I took a third of the world that year as a juvenile. And I, I, I just felt like all these eyes on me. You know what I mean? I didn't really understand the, 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 how, how big, how huge that was, you know? Uh, all these people looking at me, all these Baja guys, like, hating on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> all these camera dudes, like, cameras on me. I was like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, what is it going to be like that? You know what I mean? I'm just a little boy from the Amazon. And that's when, of course, the Black Belt Day came. And then I was like, wow, like that really like, it still gets me goosebumps today when I talk about it. <laughs> you know, like 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 the big flags, you know, the right, like we didn't have that in Manaus. You know what I mean? Like, and like I said, he was just my brother. And and then, man, I saw that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The guys like, you know what I mean? Like Romario and... Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, this thing, you know what I mean? And, and, and then after that, we, we connect way more. Uh, you know, like I said, I went there as a young kid, took the pressure, fought Baja guys, took third in the world. He was super happy. 
Uh, I was super happy for him winning, went out partying. He said, yay, move to Rio. Uh, let's do this. Uh, I came back the next year for Worlds again. And then we, we went to, to the Pan American show together. And it was more like I was more used to my superhero being around me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's what happened. And then uh, I moved to Rio. And then uh, he took me under. And then we traveled the whole world. A lot of seminars, crazy seminars, stories, you know, grappling 30, 40 people each seminar, doing like 12-hour days of privates, you know. You'd put people to smash me. And I had to defend myself over these crazy gringos trying to kill me. You know what I mean? They couldn't kill Paulo. Uh, we would do seminars and like spend like literally three hours, two hours just grappling everybody. I remember first time he finished the seminar. I said, okay, everybody's on the wall. Now everyone goes against me and Sean. When we tap you, you get out. And I'm like, expect me to, 20, to tap 25 guys as a brown belt? Like literally he just said that. He never told me, hey, that's how I do it. Like, <laughs> I go and I train with everybody. So now it's me, 18 years old, brown belt, and a bunch of crazy strong gringos, you know, American dudes, like, yeah, we can't beat Salo, but we're going <laughs> to go to this little brother. And he just said, like, okay, we're going to tap you out. And I'm like, hey, we're – what part of the plan do I know? You know what I mean? Like, come on. We've been doing seminar for three hours. Now we're going to train another hour? And then I was like, okay. I have to tap people. And I think that really, that really made me evolve and, and really be precise. You know what I mean? And, and I remember doing those things and I felt like a Superman. I was like, just tap 25 guys. You know what I mean? Like, like an hour and a half, you know? And I'm not even tired, you know? And that's when... Okay, like some bigger guys, you know, I had to like, okay, let me tire them out a little bit. And I would get a position, I would finish, okay, and I had to be really precise. You know what I mean? That was like maybe one or two or three times that like, man, some guys just didn't want to tap. You know what I mean? And uh, But yeah, that's that's how everything started. So, Shanji, uh, you know, you mentioned Manaus. Every time on the podcast, the guys, you know, Michael Sears and Chase, they poke fun at me because I'm telling them how – how tough the training is and how tough Manaus is, you know, educate these kids, tell Michael Sears, tell Chase Smith, what's in the water at Manaus, why are the Manawata so tough, and let these gringos know what's up, Sanji Lavelle, <laughs> tell them what's going on. Do uh, you know that, that, that Jiu-Jitsu pretty much started between Manaus and Belém, you know, that's in the, like, at least the, the Gracie lineage of Jiu-Jitsu, and, uh, Manaus has a huge Japanese culture. Judo is huge in Manaus, so we always fight. You know, it's just how it is. You know, Jiu-Jitsu has been there for a long time. Judo has been there for a long time. Unfortunately, because of how far we are, uh, you know, and a lot, of, a lot of young kids that can't fly. Uh, I don't know, man. We're near the equator. The the Amazon power, man. It's the Amazon power. You know, the forest is magic. You know, it, 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 it does for you, you know. Uh, we're in the heat. Pretty much we're in a pressure all the time. So pressure is not a problem. You know, we're near the equator. We are, the world spins faster on the on the equator because we have to turn way more territory around the globe than everyone else. That's my theory. <laughs> you know, uh, super hot. And kids just train. We just train. Like there is no tomorrow. We don't. We train to kill each other. Like I remember, you know, I'm, I'm from 
I'm from a decent family, you know, my, my family is okay. People even say, oh, Shandy has a silver spoon, but I always train hard. And I remember going in and kids just wanted to kill me. And I wanted to kill them back, you know what I mean? And that, that's how it was. And we just train hard, you know, we just train hard. Uh, I think the, 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 I think that the culture, I think that the lineage of our, of our ancestors, you know what I mean? We're all strong by nature, you know, Bibiano, Fred, I think I'm the, I'm the only white dolphin for the Amazon, you know what I mean? The pink dolphin, <laughs> they call me the pink dolphin. I'm the only one from there, you know what I mean? Like, the Boto, yeah, that's my nickname, the Boto Rosa, the pink dolphin, the pink Boto, you know? And uh, yeah, man, we just, we just kill each other as much as we can. And it, because it's real, you know what I mean? We really try to, to smash each other, you know what I mean? A lot of Miragaya passing, a lot of old school Osvaldo, Osvaldo, the Monteiro brothers, you know what I mean? Like, we just train hard, you know what I mean? A, a lot of partial training, you know, maybe because we didn't have so much uh, connection with uh, with a lot of technique, maybe that made us train just a little harder than everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think we didn't have much information at the time, and we just trained, you know? Like, we just trained a lot. We had what we had. We got really good what we did. Uh, we didn't take no as an answer, and we just did that, I trained I my first eight years of jiu-jitsu. I trained pretty much four hours a day, six days a week. That was my life, you know, go to school, uh, do homework, uh, and train jiu-jitsu and try to survive, you know. And every Friday, we took the geese off. And our no-gi was smacking fighting, you know. I would be smacking kids in the face and get smacked in the face. You know, carnival, we'd do valetudo training with our bare hands. Uh, one of my friends has a scar on his face because I punched him. That's all we did, you know what I mean? Like no Nutella. We just trained. We just tried to kill each other. There's no there's no faking, you know? And uh yeah, I don't know. There's many things, but definitely in the Amazon power. That that place is magic. You know, once you once you're in the jungle, you're near the nature, you know what I mean? You you do what you gotta do with the the, the hardships, you know, there's a lot of hardships in Manaus, the kids that are there. They, they they need help from a little and then, you know like I said like uh, my my theory is you know pressure creates diamonds you know and uh, it's already a lot of pressure from the Amazon forest is a lot of pressure from the humidity pressure from the heat and pressure from one another and pressure from from life itself and uh, that made us who we are. I uh I think Andre from BJJ Heroes is going to have to uh, update your your profile now to include the nickname the White Dolphin of the Amazon. <laughs> I think that's an official Pink new nickname. Dolphin. Pink Dolphin, Pink Pink dolphin, dolphin of the yeah. Amazon. <laughs> well, Dolphin is not a boy. Uh, Janji, one of you and your brother's old rivals is, is another Manaus guy, uh, Jacare. I remember uh, when I did your interview in San Diego, you got a long history with him. You said, I think, at one time you saved his life. Another time you got choked out and he bought you a sandwich or something. You had a lot of can – you, can you describe your history with Jacques uh, Ray and what it was like competing against uh, him and all that? Man, it's uh, – it, 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 I think it was more from him, I would say, because when I moved – I moved from Manaus at a very young age. You know, I, I lived – I moved there when I was 18. I was a purple belt. I moved to Rio two day, two years later. I was leaving America. You know what I mean. So my my life in Rio was very small. You know. So, and I been in the in Ohio, and pretty much to end of two thousand and one. You know. So I I really didn't really have any any history in Rio. 
And uh, yeah, and then this guy from Manaus came in. I was very amazed how he was just ripping people's arms off. <laughs> uh, I didn't know him at all, you know what I mean? And then I think one time I approached him. He's very shy at the time, um, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, he was very shy, just very like, you know, didn't talk much, but his jiu-jitsu talked a lot. And I was like, oh, shit, the kid is crazy, you know? And um, I don't know if we fought first and then that situation happened. So what really uh, caught up, which I think um, it's my history for a lot of jiu-jitsu fighters and how caring they are, they are with me, you know? There's many, many stories that I can say, but uh, with Jacare, I started because uh, I fought uh, Napão in Manaus. And, uh, of course, I gave up, like, 15 kilos. Like, I literally gave up 40 kilos to fight Napon, which was a idiot. Nobody gives me lighter and older guys. They always give me younger and heavier guys to fight. <laughs> but I take that as a compliment. So, anyway, That's long it. story short, I fight Napon, uh, which I shouldn't have done. I should have got, got some more my weight division. Uh, he, Osoto, guides me. Right away, I get thrown. I was like, shit, man, like, you know, like, I was like, my I hit my back really bad. I was, literally, I was dead. My don't plus the heat and all the shit's going. So anyway, uh, I had a couple of good moments. I couldn't sweep him. And then like 30 seconds to the end, I was like, fuck this. And I went to like a half guard and he clock choked me. In the video, you think the time was over, but I know I went out. You know what I mean? So what happened was I, I went out, I was super upset, and I think Jacare lost to Marcelo too that day. That was a super bad day from Manaus. <laughs> so, uh, and then Bruno Basso calls me and say, hey, uh, where are you? Um, and Bruno Basso called me and say, well, I'm at my home. Well, I'm, I'm coming up. I say, okay. And Jacare is there, you know what I mean? And he's like, hey, man, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, see, I just flogged from him, you know? And I was super bad. I cried so much, you know, for, for losing my home hometown. And of course, I am from Manaus, but unfortunately, sometimes people want you to lose, and I never really felt, you know, I think that people see you lose, they're more than the one they want to see you win. Unfortunately, that's what I felt, uh, you know, in my home hometown. And uh, yeah, man, and the guy took me to have a sandwich. Um, I mean, like, he, he served me, you know, like, no, that's not how you do it. He, he knew the guy from the sandwich place. He ordered this really cool sandwich. He didn't let me pay for it. You know what I mean? The guy knew him. I just felt this really love from him, you know, like this really like this great attitude from him, you know, and and on, we always like, you know, through social media, we, we connected. Uh, we did fight in 2005 and uh, I remember I was super tired. Uh, I knew, I knew on my gut I would, I would be able to beat him and I say, hey man, you know what I mean? You're my friend. I know. No, in the battle, it is a battle. But uh, if you want to share the money, let's share the money. He's like, yeah, let's do this. So we shared, like, at the time, it was like 20,000 reais. Each one made, like, 12,000 reais at the time. Yeah, and then uh, and then a couple of years after that, uh, we always connected. Uh, 2006, he was in my corner. He almost died when I beat Roger, you know what I mean? Because he dumped on me, and I, I held him. I put him back in the thing. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then, and he was there too, and he's a, he's just a loyal soldier, you know. Uh, and then when I did my first MMA fight, we did our camp together. Uh, he ended up losing to Musasi, 
And he was just there, man. He was just there, a lawyer, a loyal soldier, you know. He didn't let me carry my bags or carry the bags for me, which I did for him first. So, yeah, that's how all the relationship, you know. Just a lot of respect, a lot of love, and I, I love him. And uh, that was a friendship that uh, started a very unusual way. And uh, I'm really happy for where he's in his life right now. He has a, such a beautiful family. And uh, he lived with me for like a month here in San Diego. Yeah, man. So whatever that guy needs in his life, uh, I'm for him. Sure. Man, that's a beautiful story. And we're just about running out of time here. Shanji, do you have anything you want to say to, to your fans at home uh, before we get out of here today? Well, guys, just uh, thank you so much for, for you guys to have the, the time to listen to me and to have this amazing time. Uh, like I said, I wish you guys a lot of uh, emotional uh, health, you know, stay health, uh, support your jiu-jitsu school. Uh, you know, it's not a joke if you can't go there and, and, and talk to your instructor and, and work some ways. I know it's hard for everyone, and I think your instructor is going to understand the jiu-jitsu community is doing a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of free seminars coming. I know how long they're going to take. If you love jiu-jitsu, like, it's not a joke. You have a gym when you come back. Uh, but like I said, man, just uh, work hard. Uh, tune in to BJ Library, all that stuff, BJ Fanatics, you know, flow grappling, all stuff to make you entertained. Uh, count on me. You know, go on my, my Instagram and talk to me. I'm always there. My social media is not a business media. It's, it's me. So uh, I don't I don't use it to, 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 to do anything with it. But, uh, yeah, man, I really thank you guys for Flow Grappling to, to, to raise the bar and uh, to make all this happen, to bring information to people. But like I said, I'm more worried about mental health of people than, than, than everything else. So uh, just thank you, everyone. Uh, I really appreciate and uh and, uh, you know, hopefully – uh, I'll be back into the competition soon and uh, hopefully choke more necks and do more stuff. ADCC 2021, are we going to see you there? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, oh, that's uh, good like news. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. That's never uh, an issue. Uh, you know, you all know I was supposed to fight 19. I thought that that division was amazing for me. Uh, props to Mateus. I was ready for that division. Uh, fortunately, I had my surgery. Uh, there was nothing I could do. Uh, you know what I mean? I maybe could have stopped Gordon Ryan to take it all, but it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, man, 2021, my plans, uh, like I said, I'm still game, you know. I think I still have jiu-jitsu to, to hang in there. I just don't know how much patience do I have to keep on going. So uh, my plan was to, to go to Worlds next year, uh, one more run, and call it a day. 40 years old, I think it's time. You know what I mean? But it's a process. I want to get a couple of super fights. But definitely, uh, fighting the world is still a dream uh, for next year. I'm still going to be up for any super fight. I'll fight anyone, anywhere, any rule. Size advantages. Uh, <laughs> I fight anyone, man. I fought, I fought Pena. I fought Pena many times. That was toe-to-toe. And I don't think he, he really had any edge on me. I think it was a great, great fight between me and him. Uh, I think last Worlds I had a little strategy issue with him and he deserved to be the champion. Uh, I never fought Kainan. Uh, Batista is being a little little, little stone in my shoes. I fought Gordon. I was toe-to-toe. Like I said, man, nobody has really proved to me that I have to retire, but I guess I just have to do it myself. But definitely uh, Worlds, uh, Worlds is something, you know, my 20th year as a black belt, I think it's time. Uh, I'll do a more run. I'm, I'm getting myself ready for that for sure. Uh, ADCC for sure. One more year. 
I'm the one that has the most fights at ADCC. I think 60 some fights I had in that thing. Time to time to call it a day too, and maybe you know work, work for get the commentator choose. I love it. Hey, Anytime, Jack, if, you guys, Jack. if you guys think I did a good job at ADCC, okay, hey, I love I love to to be the voice. You know, you guys. Know commentator. I like it. Team up with yeah, Ricardo. That would be great. Gianji, we have we have Gordon coming on tomorrow. You got anything you want to say to get a, uh, anything you want us to pass on to him? Any message for Gordon or anything? Tell him that he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sean, yeah. thank you so much for calling in today. Really appreciate hey. the times. Same to you, thank Ricardo. You guys, and thank, uh, thank you guys, man. Thank you, Balea. Thank you, Mike. Thank you all. Of course, brother. Uh, like Michael said, we have Gordon Ryan and Nikki Rod calling in tomorrow at, at 5.30 Eastern time. Uh, it'll be on the Flow Grappling 24-7 channel. Also, stay tuned. If you want to see more Shanji and Solo Ribeiro, we'll be running the Flow film we produced of their Master Worlds run. Uh, that's coming up next, right after this ends. You can see him flex and stunt on some people <laughs> some more. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your evening, and we'll see you all soon. Take it easy. Ciao.